0: I am your
1: host Christopher Anderson, and today's episode is about acquisition. Always the most popular shows, but uh, you know we're going to talk about an aspect of it that we don't get to talk about nearly enough. Um, you know, the world—I've talked to you about this a couple times before, though. The world is full of vendors, companies that are more than willing to try to push you to buy more leads, right? Lead, lead uh, companies that want to sell you leads that will guarantee you more leads, more visitors, more lots of stuff. But that's not where the best law firms focus their attention. It's quite honestly, when you do focus your attention on just more leads, thinking that more leads equal more money. And to some extent, there's some truth to it, but it's not the real truth. It becomes wasteful. And not even just wasteful, it can become counterproductive. Because if you're not properly managing the leads you got, you're leaving a lot of people who get a bad impression of your business because you didn't treat them right. Um, Remember, in the main triangle of what it is that a law firm business must do, we got to focus on acquiring new clients. That's what we're talking about today. Producing the results that you promised, thats we call it production, and achieving the business and professional results for the owners, for you. But today, we're going to talk about caring for your leads. And I'm really excited to have Adam Ryman, the Director of Coaching and Live Events at Lawyer.com. And today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is Gotta Love Your Leads. And once again, my guest, Adam Ryman, he's the director of coaching and live events at lawyer.com. And he's been, I've known Adam for lots and lots of years. He's a legal digital marketing expert. And he emphasizes the best practices of intake and lead conversion. That's how I got to know him. And he helped me with that a long time ago. And I still implement a lot of the stuff I learned from Adam. Uh, He's worked on site as a law firm coach for the past decade in hundreds of law firms, big ones, small ones, round ones, square ones, um, and different practice areas. And he's also... One of the things... I loved about learning, uh, learning about him uh, and from him was that he secret shops like nobody's business. And he's, he, he now claims over 2,500 secret shops of law firms um, and still doing them. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. He's doing uh, law firm coaching, and he emphasizes the people, the processes, and software that drive growth. In a law firm, um, he's also doing uh, live marketing boot camps. He's done over a hundred already uh, for law firms, and he also speaks at conferences. He's also an amazing facilitator of legal mastermind sessions. So that's his intro. I screwed it up. I always do. Never mind. Adam, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much, Christopher. That was uh, that was a very generous and, um, introduction. I certainly appreciate it, and it's great to be get back together with you to uh, chat a little law firm marketing for the next hour.
1: Yeah, no, I'm excited to do so. Um, And, you know, I I mentioned up up front, though, that, that you have, I've known you as a lead conversion expert, and you hold yourself out as a lead conversion expert, and I really think you've got a lot to offer that. How did you become a law firm coach using that expertise?
2: So actually, that's a great question. It was career choice, to be honest with you. I was working for a digital marketing agency that you're very familiar with, where I learned the amazing foundation that I've, I've built a career on. And you get to a point in your career where you want to find the areas where you can be most effective. My, my, uh, I, something clicked, uh, you know, several years ago where I just said, Hey, how can I be most effective and help law firm owners build their businesses? And I felt that through coaching, which I, I strongly believe every law firm, no matter what shape, size, or whatever sort of condition they're in could use an outside set of eyes to help them grow their firm. And so I uh, have hyper-focused my career now on just that. I know you, you touched earlier on lead generation and world domination and all of those things as far as let's just get more and more leads rather than let's take the leads that we're getting and treat them like Fabergé eggs and push them through the pipeline and sign up more clients than ever before. Yeah, it was just a, a career choice for me where it was, uh, I started to hyper-focus on the things that I felt would be most effective and helpful um, in the space. Excellent. Yeah. And
1: it it makes a lot of sense. So, and, and you've also uh, landed up uh, working with lawyer.com. What's, uh, what's the connection there? How did you end up with lawyer.com? What do you do there?
2: So I met the team of lawyer.com about 10 years ago, they started coming to our live events. I had always kept very close relationship with them. I love the domain, and and so I, I always kept very close uh, ties with them, and in in relation, uh, you know, keeping in contact, referring business back and forth. Uh, I always felt that they, uh, the lead generation services and their reputation uh, management system, our uh, lawyer line service, which is uh, does a full intake for a law firm, if uh, if they're interested. I thought those services were top notch, and uh, kept in contact. And then after the falling. After deciding to make a career change, uh, landed here and uh, couldn't be happier uh, about the decision. It's an entrepreneurial organization, always doing cre- uh, creative things and creative thinking to, um, to help law firms grow. We, we build better businesses, and that was a turn on for me. So coaching and live events were, uh, was a gap in their service offering. And uh, Colleen, who's the president, and I started talking, and uh, and here we are. We launched about four months ago super and I'll, we're going to talk about the live events right at the end here
1: and uh, give give your listeners a chance to get in on that but so you know <laughs> lawyer.com does provide leads and and I don't want to suggest and I don't mean to suggest that that's not valuable right it is very valuable to get leads but if you overemphasize and I think we both agreed on this earlier if you if you overemphasize just more 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 that's wrong thinking you know like you said treat I loved what you said treat the leads like Faberge eggs, um, because they are they're precious, and it's not just about. So, I mean, what what it, to me some of the things you get out of that, right, are that if you treat your leads well and convert more, then your cost per converted lead goes down. But you're also improving your reputation in the marketplace because you're treating your leads well, um, and they're whether or not they end up becoming clients, they speak well of you because they got a good experience. What are you seeing? Because you're out there coaching, you're talking to law firms. What are law firms getting wrong in the lead conversion world? What are they doing wrong in converting the leads that they do have?
2: All of those things that you touched (laughs) on a little bit earlier, right? I mean, I've worked in and with so many law firm owners over the last 15 years or so that I have seen virtually everything. And I think the number one thing that stands out, there are a lot of small, look, the world of lead gen. You can now, you can pass the bar and you can invest a small amount of money in a lead generation company and start to get leads. The, it's really the shift is on, right? Historically, it was always content, 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 blogging and social media, doing all of those things to organically generate leads. Well, now you can go out and buy leads for pennies on the dollar. But what I see is, and still to this day, it, it boggles the mind, of law firms out there don't treat the leads with the certain TLC that is required to see them all the way through to um, signing up more more contacts into contracts, as they say. It's everything from a lack of follow-up to a lack of empathy and building rapport with the prospect to let them know that they called the right place, offering the prospect some unique competitive advantages as to why they should do business and hire your law firm today. It's all of those things and it just, it never stops. I just secret shopped a law firm yesterday, uh, actually 10 law firms yesterday, and I'm getting the same exact results. It was 10, 10 firms and, and my scorecard, they averaged a 37 out of 100. Wow. Yeah. One of them, wow. uh, I, I told the, the prospect uh, in the secret shopper call that I had broken my arm in, in an accident and I was hit by a taxi cab and she didn't even say, I'm sorry. She didn't even say, "I can't believe that that happened to you." She said to me, "Christopher, which arm?" <laughs> that was her response. Which arm? You should have said the middle one. Right, um, <laughs> right. Goodness
1: gracious! But yeah, the law firm owners, like, they don't even know this is going on. Like, they have no idea. They're just wondering, like, well, my, you know, my cost of my conversion rates down. Um, let's get more leads. Right and they' they have no idea. I remember you used to you used to tell a story about one firm that you secret shopped a long time ago that they were actually like they were sending people to the firm down the hall or something like it
2: yeah, and then a lot of that stuff hasn't changed you know these uh uh it was a multi office building with one receptionist for five or six law firms, and she was filtering leads to the to the firm that uh, was was uh spiffing her for leads, yeah, so yeah. That. Good for them, I guess, but yeah, bad for the others. Good strategy, smart idea, and she'd done it for like three
1: years. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. So, I, w- I want—I'm going to go deeper here. We're—we're we're about to go into a break, but before we do, just want to hit like when we keep saying TLC, treating the leads well. Like, what are we talking about? What? What? Like, what's the quick hit here? What? What should firms? We talked about what they shouldn't be doing, kind of. We're going to go deeper. But
2: what should they be doing? I mean, what does TLC mean? Yeah, so, I mean, it's just the basics, right? I mean, start it out by answering the phone with your firm name. This is the... Not o- not law firm. Yeah, this is the only industry, service industry, I've ever been involved in where people that's how they answer the phone, typically. So it just starts from the get-go, right? But when I say TLC, Christopher, it's offering... It's offering this person a level of empathy, putting yourself in the prospect's shoes, which essentially means they are calling you oftentimes on their worst day, not their best, and putting yourself in that person's shoes and and thinking about how you would like to be treated in that situation, right? Think think about personal injury, bankruptcy, family law, criminal defense on on the B2C side, where you've just got folks that are desperate for help, right? And in a lot of cases, in family law especially, people are, they'll wait a year or two years before finally saying, I can't take it anymore, and they're going to pick up a phone and call somebody. So you've got to put yourself in that prospect's shoes and really offer them some empathy, let them know that they called the right place, and that you're going to help them solve their problem. It's very, yeah. very basic reception 101 stuff. you think so. But you it is so, but you would think. But thank, thankfully, it uh, keeps guys like you and me in business.
1: <laughs> Indeed. All right. Yeah, we are going to take a break here. I'm talking with Adam Ryman, and we're talking about lead conversion and treating your leads with TLC. I love I love that expression or treating them like Fabergé eggs. He's a director of coaching and live events at lawyer.com. And when we come back, Adam, we want I want to go deeper now. We're going to go to each sort of step along the path from when the prospect first raises their hand to the last moment before they become a client. But first, uh, got some folks who pay for this show. Let's hear from them. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I.cc, and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. Law Clerk's nationwide network of talented freelance lawyers is trusted by thousands of law firms. Solo attorneys and firms can get help with the project-based work and also ongoing work via a subscription. Sign up is free and there are no monthly fees. You only pay when you delegate work. Plus, Law Clerk has a new app for your mobile device to help you manage the work you've delegated while you're on the go. Be sure to use referral code UNBILLABLE when you sign up at lawclerk.legal. All right, we're back with Adam Ryman. He is director of coaching and live events at lawyer.com. And we've been talking about treating your leads like Faberge eggs. And I said, what we're going to do in this uh, second part of the show is we're going to go a little bit deeper. Cause I really, I really think that like that has to be unpacked because it means, you know, Adam, you described it as really basic stuff, but if it was really basic, I mean, it is basic in that it's, it's not my goodness. It shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, but if it was so basic, everybody would be doing it and they're not. So let's, let's go through it step by step. So first of all, a lead comes in. They either they're responding to something it was a referral. Let's let's put the referrals to the side. They're, they're responding to an ad. They're responding to a Google uh, per, paid search or a banner or a social media posting or even just SEO. They're arriving at your site, but they raise their hand. They fill out a form. They call in. What's the first thing that the firm should be doing? Like
2: you know, because I think firms screw it up right here. So what what should they be doing? Well first first thing, thank them for calling and ask' them, ask them how how they how they how they found you and then, after you know a, a very brief first name, last name, email address, phone number, ask' them what they're describe your situation to me, what happened, what inspired you to pick up the phone and call us today
1: and if it's a form fill, let's say let's say they filled out a form or something and you're reaching out to them in response to it. should you be calling, should you be emailing should you be SMSing, which we didn't talk about back in the day, but it's bigger now, you know, what, what should you be doing and how much of it should you be doing? It's a great
2: question. Some of the, uh, one of the sessions that I teach in my intake fundamentals program is an entire class on what the best practices are in following up with the lead. I live by the old adage of you, you pursue or follow up with a lead until they die buy or unsubscribe. And that's a simple philosophy. And I've got a, a pattern, that you can follow in in the first day, you should call a lead that you can't get in contact with three times. You call them within the first few minutes, you call them within an hour, and then you call them within four to six hours. In conjunction with those phone calls, Christopher, you should be sending out autoresponder emails. And Mm -hmm. in this day and age, again, as you mentioned, we didn't talk about it back in the day, text messaging should be a combo platter. You should try three touches in the first day between phone call, email, email, SMS.
1: Yeah. Now, that, I've, I've told you this is a podcast and we're not live, but there is a wormhole that actually gets me instant feedback from the people who are listening to this in a week. Um, and it's, it's cool. I have the technology. I'm not sharing it, but it works. And so I'm already getting feedback from listeners right now. I'm hearing it. That's too much. They, they, that's, harassing. that's harassing them. My, my prospects will hate it. They'll feel like they're getting, we're being pushy. What do you say to that?
2: Yeah, and I hear that all the time. They feel like, well, that's salesy, that's intrusive. My To all my coaching clients who push back on that, I say, listen, if you believe that you offered the best opportunity for this prospect to get on with their life and get their problem solved, you'd call them 100 times. And you have to have this internal belief, right? It's not an act of desperation. It's an act of, I'm here to help people, right? And so that's how I position it to my... Uh, Coaching clients and anyone who will listen, there's no desperation in that in that maneuver. Law firm prospects are calling on a minimum five to seven law firms to get someone to take their case. Right? You're either first to the trough or you're the last to the trough. Right? And here's what happens all the time. I'm in. I work for a company that generates a lot of leads for a lot of law firms. So many times through the years, a law firm owner has come to me and said, "Adam, the leads that are being generated stink." And the first question I respond with is, how long does it take you to follow up with them? Because one of the unfortunate things that's happened in the legal space is is the commoditization of legal services because of uh, billboards and advertising, television, radio, et cetera, et cetera. And folks are simply Googling personal injury lawyer New York and they're going down the list. You're either first to the trough or you're the last to the trough. And what happens is most law firms delay and typically, what they answer when I ask the question of how long does it take you to follow up, they say twenty-four to forty-eight hours. Right now, we all know that you have a matter of minutes. A lead starts to get cold within minutes. Now, you have a four hundred percent chance of converting a lead if you call them in one to five minutes. If you wait twenty-four hours, your conversion chances drop to seventeen percent.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so let's. I just want to emphasize that. So you you said four to five minutes.
2: Actually, one to five, really. They start to go cold within one to five minutes. If you think about what the law firm prospect has in front of them is they've got this amazing tool called Google where they can just go down the list, right? You don't put people on hold for more than 28 seconds, right? You have to instantly be available to these folks. And some folks say, well, we don't answer them. We generate an automated email and that slows down the process. That only slows down the process if they're a referral, if they're a brand new organically generated lead that's coming to your firm for the first time, you have minutes to convert them into a potential new client for your firm. And that's what I preach. And it's the, the data backs that up. You're saying that to get them,
1: like you say, the email is fine. That's a good thing, but that's not, that, that doesn't count for getting to them in one to five minutes. You're saying it has to be live phone contact.
2: Absolutely. And, and in some situations, uh, you know, the, the worst of the worst are solo practitioners and litigators, right? Because they're tied up for six weeks at a time in a case. They, uh, they lift their head up and they've got 246 voicemails from potential new clients that they haven't responded to in weeks. And then they call mark, digital marketing agencies and say, well, all my leads stink, right? It just right. It doesn't add up. They go cold in minutes. The average, just so you know, Christopher, uh, I participated in a study with a company called Velocify, where we, we actually analyzed um, three and a half million leads from 400 different service companies. Typically, uh, not all of those 400 companies were law firms, but a lot were. And I provided thousands of leads, six months worth of leads recorded for this study. And that's where this data comes from. This is not just something that guys like you and me make up to entertain our guests. It's yeah. the reality. The average law firm, Christopher, takes 3.6 days to call a lead back. Wow, so well,
1: I mean, listeners, i mean i want I want everybody to hear that because all right, you've got on one hand, you've got science that says one to five minutes. On the other hand, you've got law firms on average are doing what three point six days? Yes, it sounds like there's a lot of room to be better than average if most law firms are so far off the mark just by doing just one thing. Just doing this one thing, getting back to them to, to fast could make a huge difference.
2: It definitely does. And it can over and over and over again. But then again, if I talk to a law firm owner and say, hey, your conversion rate's about 10%, they say, well, that's fine. I'll just, instead of, you know, let's work on improving your conversion of these 150 leads that you paid for last month, they will typically say, well, I'll just buy more leads. Yeah. Mathematically, it makes sense. Monetarily, it makes no sense. Leads get more and more expensive every single month. There's so yeah. much effort in generating more organic leads. Why not just take the leads that you're getting and treat them like Faberge eggs? Be there and yeah. respond and be empathetic. Build rapport, sell your firm, set an appointment, sign them up.
1: Yeah, and, and like I, I discussed earlier, aside from the math, because this doesn't show up in the math right away, but you're building a reputation as being a non-responsive firm that doesn't care about their clients if, you don't, if you're not getting to them. That's right, and that's uh, that's another bad thing. All right, so that's that's what we can do at the first part. Get to them fast. Get to them frequently. Um, okay, so now you've gotten that information. Your intake team has gotten them on the phone, um, eventually, and they're engaged to some extent, but they haven't bought yet, um, and they're they're trying to, uh, you know, they need to think about it, or you're trying to get them scheduled with an appointment with a. Um, actual, the attorney or whoever's doing your sales, what should that follow-up look like? Cause that's different, right? So you've had the conversation, maybe you've frozen them a little bit by having a little bit of a conversation, but how much should you be following up with them now in this second part of the funnel? They've set their, they've set the appointment. Um, no, they're, they're, they're thinking about setting the appointment.
2: Yes. So again, and, 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 and that does happen. Uh, with some regularity where you can't, uh, you, you can't get them to set an appointment be via it, be it scheduling or whatnot. I would start triggering autoresponder emails, educational in nature, not desperation. Hey, you know, we're, we're sorry you made the decision to not sign up with us, but here are five top five things that you consider why you should hire an attorney in your situation, educational in nature. And the follow-up triggering should start immediately. I would say um you know I've I've got some patterns that show two two phone calls a day and again a combination of four to six auto responders 93% of all leads Christopher will convert within the first six touches and so you have to have a pattern of six that you feel is most comfortable with now if they never respond Again, pursue them until they die, buy or unsubscribe. Even if they've made another decision, add all of those people to your newsletter list and stay in contact with them. Yeah. So, okay. So now we've got them, they've, you've gotten them to
1: book an appointment and they're going to be talking with um, the attorney or the the non-attorney salesperson or whoever's doing sales in the business. And, and that conversation is about to happen when we come back from break i want to talk to you about that process about the actual conversion process i want to talk a little bit more because we've just sort of alluded to secret shopping but i want to talk a little bit more about that and a couple other things about what you're doing but first we're going to hear from our sponsors one more time find out how Timesolve fits your firm with six different ways to track time surely one will fit even on the go or quickly estimate flat fee projects Batch payments for hundreds of invoices at once with TimeSolve Pay. Getting paid quickly is a great fit. And TimeSolve fits with the other tools you use. QuickBooks, LawPay, NetDocuments, LawRuler, Microsoft, all just plug in. Try TimeSolve free. Get a $100 Amazon gift card when you sign up. TimeSolve.com Nearly 80% of people search for lawyers online. They visit websites and check reviews. If your site doesn't appear in the top search results or it presents poorly, you risk losing clients. That's why you must know how your firm stacks up on Google against the competition. See how your reviews impact clients' decisions and how you can get better results from your site. Get an unbiased marketing performance report in under a minute right now at Grow Law Firm. And that's growlawfirm.com unbillable. Once again, growlawfirm.com unbillable. All right, we're back with Adam Ryman. He's the director of coaching and live events at lawyer.com. And we've been talking about treating our leads like Fabergé eggs. And we talked about the beginning and we talked about the middle. Now we're going to talk about the end of the conversion process. Um, We've gotten them to have an appointment. They're talking with whoever's doing conversion in the law firm business. Let me just ask you first. I, mean, I imagine you're studying this uh, you know, from, from, from cradle to grave. So what are, what are firms doing wrong in this area in the conversion process?
2: Well, the first thing even before that, Christopher, is they're setting telephone appointments, mm. which is a recipe for tire kickers, informa- information gatherers, and people that go out and end up doing things on their own, do-it-yourselfers. So I am a huge advocate until you tell me otherwise. And I know that the, the world of COVID shifted a lot of things to, a, to the Zoom world. There is a study going on right now about conversion rates in Zoom. I don't have the data yet to back me up. So I stick to my old school belief that the best of the best are setting in-person appointments. And... There is a process tied to that to making sure that they show up because we know that there is a, in some cases, a 50 plus percent no show rate in contingency fee based practice areas. So the key is what process do you have in place to make sure that they actually show up? So there's a whole series that you do there. Right. Look at the dental industry. Right. The dental industry had a horrifically low show rates for people that set appointments because people hate going to the dentist. Yeah. Right. That's number one. But number two, I'm not sure if you do, but my dentist now sends me and calls me a week before my appointment, two days before my appointment, and the day of my appointment. They send me not only, not only do they call me, but they send text messages. And that process has set the the dental industry on its ear. More and more and more people are showing up for their appointments. And you have to have similar, similar patterns in, in the legal and the most successful are, are are working working on that because no shows are a real problem for sure. Did you have a metric for us like cuz people are going to I know they're going to ask like what's what's a good
1: show up rate? I mean 100% is a good show up rate, right? But uh uh I would say a, a good show up rate is 60 to 70%. Okay. Okay. Uh, cuz it's not as bad as going to the dentist. So that's a good thing. Okay, so yeah, that's I'm glad you brought that up. So like even before the conversion conversation you're not, you convert 0% of the people that don't show up. Right. So, okay. So that, that's really important. And as you said, hitting them, like you talked about calling them, texting them, probably emailing them just to make sure that they remember it. I and mean, maybe, uh, do you give them some help to get there? Like, what do you do in those con- in those messages? The,
2: an email, your email, sh- sh- one of your emails should include a picture of your building and a map to get there. Plain and simple. Here's, yeah. a, here's a map. Here's a picture. Of the, here's our office. This is what it looks like because sometimes you're in major metropolitan areas and buildings all look alike. Give them directions to parking, whether there's anything involved there. Just make it foolproof and easy for people to find you. And so that should be part of your communication for sure.
1: Yeah. And, it, and, like, and like going back to math, I mean, we're just, if you, could, if the, if you said 50% is kind of you know, average and you can get that to 70%, that's just like, that's 20% more opportunities. No more leads. no more, like It's just 20% more opportunities just by fixing that part of it. That's right. All right. And now they're in the chair. And now you're having the because it should be in person. They're in the chair and you're talking to them. What, what, are, what are law firms
2: messing up there? So what I've seen in the hundreds of consults that I've sat through is attorneys still struggle with asking for the money and when that point is in the conversation, right? It's almost like there's a reluctance to ask for the money. And uh, so a lot of my coaching deals with that very issue. How much and when do you bring up the money point? And, uh, you know, the bulk of the bulk, I should say the bulk of the attorneys that I've worked for convert in a kneecap to kneecap conversation with a prospect, you will sign up 70, 80% of prospects that, that, that meet with your firm in person. You, it, it is being done. But yeah, the overcoming the, uh, you know, when to ask for the money and how much don't overwhelm the prospect with your with your knowledge of jurisprudence. Don't roadmap out the case for them. Get to know them on a person-to-person basis. Let them know, you know, thank you're thankful that they came in, offer them, say, hey, I've got a great solution in mind. And then you get to the money point, right?
1: Yeah, because I mean let's be honest about it. Like I didn't I don't remember my law school teaching me anything about how to convert clients, right? That's just not or, or any of the stuff we've just talked about. But but like they're not Naturally, it's not a natural conversation. I mean, the, the conversation could be natural, but like you're right, they're just, just like they're hitting the key components, like when to ask for the money, um, and how to ask for the money. That's not natural. That's something to be learned. Is that something that you that you teach on when you when you're coaching? Law Absolutely,
2: firms? I do. And again, it's not like so. You've got contingency fee based firms where they don't even want to talk about the percentages, and then you've got you you know you've got family, you've got your hourly base where they just are paying their, they're, they struggle to, they have marbles in their mouth when it comes to the retainer, right? And you're right, they're not trained or coached in law school how to do this. The law school creates technicians, which is amazing. And, and and, uh, but they don't teach them sales and marketing. And and that's the confident attorney has a willingness to lay the money money question right out there on the line. And you've just got to practice and throw it out there in different points in the conversation so that there are no surprises. When you say, hey, my retainer is $7,500 based on the description of this case, when do you want to get started? Push the contract across the table and just stop talking, right? That's sales. And that's one of the things that law firm owners and attorneys really struggle with. I'm married to a lawyer. My, my wife's been practicing for over 20 years. She can't even ask our landscaper for, uh, you know, how, how much we owe him. She makes me do it, right? <laughs> That's amazing, yeah. Can you get an estimate from uh, our landscaper on how much it's going to cost to how much we're willing to pay to trim our trees? Well, no, just tell him it's $200. He, he wants it or not, right? And so those are the sorts of things that lawyers really, really struggle with is asking for the money. That makes a lot of sense.
1: So listen, before, before we go, um, you know, I've introduced you probably eight times during this as, as, director of coaching and live events at lawyers.com. We've talked a little bit about what you might help people with, with coaching, but what's this business of live events? What are you, what are these live events about and why, why are you doing them?
2: Yeah. So it's, it just comes from, uh, you know, the hundred or so events that I would participated in and, and, uh, before I came to lawyer.com, I find, and again, COVID really, really put a stranglehold on a lot of these things. And I think people are hungry to get back out on the road and, and see people in person and go to conferences and learn things in person. Some of the organizations tried to do remote conferences during the COVID era and they were disastrous. I hate them. I hate that yeah. So the one thing that I've always found with live events, and, and some of our competitors do a really good job of offering their services over the phone. But what I've always found, Christopher, the most successful way for you to learn about ways to grow and build double, triple, quadruple, quadruple your law firm, is to be locked in a room for two days, let somebody else tell you that your baby's ugly, and to give them guidance on how to fix their business. You need to get out of your firm for two days, right? You need to work on your business, not in your business. And I find that doing remote events, trying to pitch services over the telephone is extremely challenging. And so you get them out of their office, you get them you get them in a nice resort, you feed them, you offer some great breakouts, opportunities to meet like-minded professional uh, business-owned law firm owners like themselves, to share ideas and to help them overcome challenges that they face in uh, either plateauing revenue or flat growth or no growth. And so um, it's just an amazing way, uh, and I found the most effective way to help a large group of attorneys and business owners at the same time. And uh, they're a heck of a lot of fun. So we're really excited to be getting back out. We're going to be doing 12 next year. Wow. Yep. Starting in uh, January in Las Vegas. Uh, we'll be in great cities like Dallas and Miami and Chicago next year uh, at some of the, you know, some fine resorts. And uh, and and we're really super excited to get back out on the road and, uh, and do some preaching.
1: Fantastic. All right. Well, Adam... That, unfortunately, brings us to the end of this episode of the Unbillable Hour. And I want to thank uh, our listeners for being with us. Our guest today, one more time, has been Adam Ryman. He is the Director of Coaching and Live Events at Lawyer.com. Listen, Adam, if people want to know more about these live events or just – like we went really fast – through a bunch of stuff and they just want to ask you some more questions and learn a little bit more from you get some resources from you whatever how can how can our listeners get in touch with you
2: i would be honored to talk to any of any of your listeners and i would like to offer all of them a complimentary secret shopper phone call of their of their firm so i can give them uh, a full rundown on their intake process and i'll give them some some feedback on, how, on things that they can work on Yes, I'm open. Call me anytime. Um, I'll give you my, my direct phone number is area code 602-828-4415 is my phone number. You call me, text me, anything. My email address is A Ryman, and that's R-E-I-M-A-N at Corp, C-O-R-P dot lawyer dot com. And uh, feel free to zip me an email. I will happily respond to any and all inquiries. And I promise you, I will follow up with you in five minutes.
1: <laughs> Excellent. That That's awesome. Thank you, Adam. Um, and, and once again, this is Christopher T. Anderson. I look forward to seeing you next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on itunes thanks for joining us and we will speak again
0: soon the views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by legal talk network its officers directors employees agents representatives shareholders and subsidiaries none of the content should be considered legal advice as always consult a lawyer Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network.
2: Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award winning on demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design.